This week on The Clubhouse, it's our season finale for the year. On this episode, we discuss what it means to be a baseball fan with Melissa Anelli. Melissa is the creator of LeakyCon, GeekyCon, Con of Thrones, and of course, BroadwayCon. Thank you for sticking with us through, let's call it, our sporadic release schedule. Anthony's off making TV magic on Star Trek Discovery at the moment, but we promise that as soon as our schedule opens up, we are recording more episodes. In the meantime, we would absolutely love it if you could do the following things. Rate and review us on iTunes. Tell a friend about the show. Tweet us guest suggestions at ClubhousePod on Twitter. And tweet us any questions you have for Anthony or me. We want to hear your feedback, and we plan on doing a Q&A episode at some point next season. I am at RoundingThirdMJ on Twitter. Anthony is at AlbinoKid. But that's enough of my nonsense for now. On to the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I'm Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Mm. <laughs> Our guest today is the queen of oh. conventions, including Broadway Con, Con of Thrones, and Leaky Con. She's the co-founder and CEO of Mischief Management. She is an author. She is one of the most impressive humans on the planet that I know. And today, of course, her only credit that matters is that she's a fan of the New York Mets. Joining us in the clubhouse today, Melissa <laughs> Anelli. Full disclosure, she's also one of my closest friends. Yeah. We've, known, we've been friends for tw over 20 years. Over 20 years. Very Melissa, so thank you so, so much. We've been wanting to get you on this podcast for three years now, for however long we've been Something doing like this that. thing. She's, she's very busy. She's, she's very, very busy. I think 2015 is when we started this, I believe. That's the best intro I've ever gotten. I've been, <laughs> I've been introduced a fair number of times. This is a phenomenal intro. Well, I meant every word of I'm it. I'm going to record it and I'm going to give it to people. Or we'll take this recording and give it to people and tell them to... to to use it. Well, I mean every word of it. You are one of the most impressive humans that I know. It is incredible how hard this person works and and she has fingers in 4.5 million pies. <laughs> it is just every day she's working on there's a new convention, there's a new something or other. Um so let's kind of uh, get to the root of of your fandom. You are you introduced me to a world that I didn't know existed. I met you in 2014, 15, that general was vicinity. Was it Portland or was it the one after? I think it was the one after. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was Florida. So, so there was actually, there was a geeky con mm -hmm. that, that, that she, that's not one that I included in your mm -hmm. list of credits at the beginning. And your geeky con. Poor departed geeky con. Was a convention <laughs> for all things geek. Your Doctor yes. Who's, your, your Harry Potter's, your, your Game of Thrones's, your Walking Dead's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, that is just not something that I knew that much about. I, 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 
I'm sorry. I've, I've never read a Harry Potter. I've never seen oh, a Harry boy. Potter. I'm aware. Oh, I'm waiting to read it to my little Annika. That is that's now the goal that okay. I've given myself. That's your Annika's his niece. Right Annika's his niece. I, my niece. I'm going to read it to her. And so that is how I'm going to experience it for the first time. SMH. But I, when I went down to GeekyCon with Anthony several years ago, I... Uh, and I think actually we recorded an episode with Jackie at we did. Jackie Emerson, a couple yes. years back. Um, but I was introduced to this world, this fandom world that was so passionate and so beautiful and so wonderful. This, I saw myself in all of these kids, 13, 14, 15 year old kids. They were passionate about Harry Potter, et cetera. I was passionate about baseball and sports when I was a kid. The exact same feeling that I had, they were having, there was no difference. It's just the, 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 vehicle by which we expressed ourselves were different, but the passions were the same. Mm -hmm. So kind of where did your fandom journey start in general? It's interesting because I tell people all the time that um, Rent was my first fandom and it was in the sense of, of what we modernly call fandom. Like being a part of a community of fans? Being part of a community of fans or like, or like, or having such a love for something that it's obsessive and loud and you need to talk about it with people. I guess Rent was the first way that I got to express that with other people, but baseball might've been my first fandom. Now that I think about it, Babysitter's Club came right after baseball was introduced. (laughs) Um, I've got a wide wide variety of of loves. Um, No, because baseball was so ingrained in the way I grew up. There are pictures, uh, old pictures of my mother on crutches. And I love telling the story because she broke her leg because of the Mets, because she was at a bowling, she was in a bowling league and Hojo hit a home run and Hojo was her guy. Her Hojo <laughs> and Gary Carter. She has a cabbage patch, Gary Carter. This is serious, serious business. Oh. And she went running so fast from like her bowling lane into where they had the the game on that she fell and broke her leg. That's so, amazing. Yeah, no, fandom has a very, <laughs> baseball fandom has a very deep hold on my family. So that's, I mean, God, before I can remember, the 86 uh, series is one of my earliest memories. I was six. And uh, very famously in my family, in uh, game six, which is the famous Buckner episode, um, everybody had kept going to the bathroom in my family, we everybody had some reason to go to the kitchen, go to the bathroom, whatever, and, my, and everything had was going sort of badly for the Mets <laughs> in that game. And my mother got up and said, "That's it, nobody pees." And I remember this <laughs> very, very vividly of her standing in front of the television. Now the story's been told so many times that I'm sure I'm filling it a little bit, but I sure. do remember the image of my mother in front of the television saying, "Nobody moves." And not five minutes later, the ball went through Buckner's legs. And it was like, it was such an apocryphal and Nelly story. But it, she, to this day, takes credit for As she should, as for, she should. Absolutely. Your mother and I are kindred spirits. Yeah. This yeah. this one over here, to, to, to my right, doesn't believe in jinxes, doesn't believe in the baseball superstitions. But your mother and I, we are on the same page. I guarantee you, you get Anthony Rapp and Carol and Nelly in a room together, and Anthony Rapp will come out a believer. Am I right? <laughs> well... <laughs> So I, one question I want to go back to is your your family, you're from Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Is Staten Island in general Mets country? No, it's pretty Yankees. It's Yankees, right? Yeah. yeah. So how did it happen that your family became Mets? I think it sort of depends where you moved from because they used to live in Brooklyn when oh, okay. they were That's Dodgers why. fans. That's why, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so if okay. you moved from Queens, you tended to be Yankees. And if you yeah. moved from Brooklyn, you tended to be 
uh, Mets because you can no longer, there's no more Dodgers. Right. Or, you, know, yeah. or, you know, you feel betrayed and that whole thing. And yeah. so you go to the underdog. <laughs> I guess, no, very, very heavily Yankees. And there's... Because um, there's even a farm team on Staten Island. Yep. The Yankees farm team is, yep. yeah. Yeah, we never went. You've never, it's a really cool stadium. Oh, you know what? No, I did go once. The but Staten I've been to the Cyclones, too. Well, yeah, the Cyclones is well, obviously... Cyclones, yeah, that's super the fun. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Cyclones ballpark down in Brooklyn, is that's just a full fun day of just silliness on the... Yeah. You know, down there uh, uh, at the amusement park. single A or double A? Uh, that's single A. Yeah. Uh, Staten Island Yankees, though. Yeah. What I love about that is you get the free Staten Island Ferry, which is always lovely. So you yeah. kind of just take the ferry over there, you enjoy a nice little, you know, water ride, and then the stadium is literally right there. You get off the... the uh, uh, ferry and it's a two minute walk to the ballpark, which yeah. is great. I mean, our nuclear family was is is very Mets, but we're we're there are deep divisions in the wider Anelli world. Oh, okay. about Yankees is... versus Mets. Yeah, we okay. fight. Yeah, I was gonna, how does that yeah. manifest itself at, at family reunions and whatnot? Is I'm, there do you, do you have Yankees hats and Mets hats that are just glaring at each other from I mean, across the table? We're Sicilian, so like we're yelling anyway. <laughs> but but when you get into the baseball season, it gets ugly, ugly. It's it just a big part of growing up. It was um, those memories of going to the park every summer. We used to have season tickets and or friends with season tickets. Touché. I can't remember Tache, and we went. There are so How often many, would you go generally? Um, a couple of times a summer. We'd yeah. go spend a day. It was one of the most fun things. I have pictures with the old Mr. Matt, the old f- big fuzzy red guy, not not the ball. <laughs> right. The old one. I oh, forgot what? what he was there's called. a big yeah. fuzzy a, red guy who Mr. Matt. He was like Elmo, but like janky Elmo. Like he was like, <laughs> And he was, was still called Mr. Matt? <sighs> I don't think he was Mr. Matt. He wasn't Matt's mascot. This was back. I mean, ev- oh, I not every remember. team, but so many teams have tried to ape the fanatics right. type of the Philly, the Philly, you know, Philly, the Philly fanatic. fanatic. Yeah. So yeah. he's the more most iconic green, yeah. non you know, monster, whatever the, the <laughs> green monster, whatever. Well, that's I Wally the that. green monster. I would love that. One of the mascots would just uh, be a wall. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Why isn't Wally the Green Monster, the Red Sox man, just a flat wall just yes. walking around Wally. that you're just going to run into? That'd yep. be fantastic. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but so when you, so you went a couple times and it was just a yeah. whole, how, how many siblings do you have? One. So uh, do you, did you go with your yeah. sister? Uh, with siblings and, fa- and family friends who were also Mets fans. Oh, so big, so big group. Big, yeah, yeah. We'd have eight or 10 people going. A lot of kids, a lot of us when we were, when we were small, I was one of the youngest in my family. So I was always. Do you remember where you sat at Shea? Uh, third, third base side. Mm-hmm. I think like second level. Okay. Up, yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not a bad view. I don't think it was always season. I think, I think there's at some point somebody had season tickets, but we didn't always have them. But at least once a year, usually a couple times a year, we'd go and, and, and there was just, there's just something about those days and those memories and sharing the excitement and the smell of the hot, you know, everybody yeah. knows this is, this is what it is. The smell of the hot dogs and yeah. the feel of the stadium and the, the America. It, that, there is something real about that. And yeah. And at, at that age, how much of the game were you? Was it was it the 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 action on the field that was the most exciting to you? Was it just the atmosphere in the ballpark? Was it how engaged with you with the game were you at that age? As far as just knowing the players, knowing the stats, knowing the teams, etc. I didn't know the stats at that age. I still don't. You guys talk about. It. You guys go on a thing every time I see you both in one room. You guys, it <laughs> happened just now walking up the stairs. You guys just start. Your your guy is. I'm like I don't I don't I don't know I don't know any of this. And Anthony's always showing me, um, you know, talking to me about whatever whatever player you're following next or whatever your your fantasy team and I always intend to get really deep into it but I'm sort of scared yeah. to get deep into it oh. because as we've 
as we've posited, I'm a fandom person and I'm a obsessive person and I built a business on lots of other obsessive people coming to be obsessive together and I'm afraid of the rabbit hole that I will fall into. It's such a fun rabbit hole, Melissa. Join us in the rabbit hole. I'm so scared of the rabbit hole. This game was built for the rabbit hole. It's the nerdiest game. It really is. Yeah, it's wonderful. (laughs) I watched uh, Moneyball recently. Sure. And it was just so astonishingly cool how unmuscly baseball can really be, how statsy and nerdy, and that's <laughs> you're speaking to my brain. So I'm scared of that. So I've never really, <laughs> I was never really a stats person unless the Mets start to do well. Then we all pay attention. That's when everything changes. Well, I've always maintained that New York, so I've lived in New York for 10 years now, so I feel like I, I can I can make this statement, uh, seeing 10 solid years of baseball seasons come and go, and this country may be a Yankees country, but this city is a Mets town. Absolutely. It's, it's, the Yankees are obviously the most worldwide famous and, and successful, and everybody knows the Yankee logo, but this city comes alive when the Mets are doing well. Every single human person that I saw, my cabbie, my bodega person, my lawn, and the, the, it's everybody. Every single human person that I uh, talk to, especially because they all know me as the baseball guy, immediately want to ask me four million questions about it. When the Yankees are doing well, all right, no one, no one. It's like, I don't oh, see, it's a Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> People don't really talk York about it. The Yankees it. have the best team. Oh, tell me on the story. Because we're the scrappy. Because the Mets are, you know, they have this. The horrible clashing colors that they wear. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They were in a really kind of rundown stadium. Yes, they were. They. They. Well, now. Now their stadium's awesome. City feels yeah. beautiful. City feels I amazing. adore City yeah. Field. It's one of my favorite. Um, but it, there, it's, it's that feeling of that. It's the same feeling as when you hear the story of the guy that walked off the bus at Port Authority with. 50 cents in his pocket and ended up a millionaire, right? That's like the New York, I came to the city and I made it. And when the Mets start doing well, it's like, wait, rainbows are real, dreams happen. And you start and you start following. And you're right, the city comes completely alive. It's exciting. And what I love about that is I've now, the Mets have done well in my years of knowing you. The Mets have done well a couple of times. Yeah. So I've gotten to see that side of you come out. Yeah. And who oh boy. It is intense. <laughs> and this is why I think you need to be a more... I know, I'm so scared. <laughs> no, you need to embrace it, lean into it. Yeah. This is... Look what Harry Potter has done for your life. Harry Potter is a wonderful, beautiful thing that has enhanced your life on so many levels. Baseball could be that, too. See, this is... So we have... A, okay, so Harry Potter, for those who are listening who don't know, um, I am a ginormous, ginormous, jillion big fan of Harry Potter. And I started a, or I maintained and grew a website about it. I started a podcast about it. That's still, it's one of the first podcasts to ever exist. Um, It's still going. I wrote a book about it. I started conventions. The conventions led to Broadway Con and all the other things that Mischief Management, which is my company, is now doing. So Harry Potter is sort of at the core. And I've been saying for over a decade now, that in the beginning when it was really hard to get people to understand that it was a worthwhile pursuit, that it was in, it was worth spending my time loving something, mm-hmm. I've been saying since day one, so talk to me about how it's different for sports. Because when you go to a football stadium and it's negative 20 degrees outside and there are people without their shirts and they're coated in blue, <laughs> you're going to tell me that that is somehow a more 
more um, acceptable way to express <laughs> your fa- and n- uh, no shade at the people coating themselves in blue shade at the people who were snotty about Harry Potter and and thinking that there was you know but that wasn't to be scorned or whatever. Well, I, mean, I will say that that my so my entire life I had kind of a foot in two worlds where I was a kid and I was a huge musical theater nerd, but I was also a huge sports nerd. And especially growing up in the 80s and the 90s in Michigan, this was kind of the heyday of that John Hughes-esque jocks versus nerds type mentality of like, you you can only be one. You know, if you do musical theater and you're a guy, you're gay. Or if you Mm -hmm. do, uh, if you're a sports guy, you're a meathead jock. And that was kind of very, very narrow definitions of what you were. I never fit into either one of those. I was in both. And so while I never had seen a Harry Potter or a Doctor Who or any of those things, I was never anti those things. I was never, I never looked down on the people who did them. It just wasn't a thing that entered into my kind of brain space. Um, And when I went to my first geeky con, I mean, my life, you absolutely changed my life. Like your, that's not hyperbole. I know it can be hyperbolic on this podcast every once in a while. Hyperbole is okay. But uh, uh, this is an absolute factual. I mean, both of these people in this room have changed my life in tremendous ways. But the Anthony invited me to GeekyCon because, you know, we had a baseball game to go to. We were you guys were go, traveling. Yes, yeah. we yeah. were going to a Marlins game, I think. It was down yep. in Orlando. And he was like, hey, come down to this GeekyCon thing, you know, so then we can drive to Miami afterwards. I was like, I don't, what am I going to do? There's what, what, what's going to happen here? Right. I don't know any of these people. I don't, but fine, I'll go. I honestly said, I'll go down there and I'll just go to Disney for four days while you hang out at the uh, convention. The second I stepped foot inside that convention center, I didn't leave. I, I mean, it was the most inspiring, energetic, amazing thing. And it was, and I had my baseball gear on and all that's, I met Jackie there. Uh, Tessa, Tessa, who's been on this podcast and becoming absolutely Joe Mosman, Ty Simpkins, who, you know, not me and Ty, this kid, you know, I'm taking around all 30 ballparks. I mean, it's it the amount of impact that 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 your community mm. has had in my life is and just also to give me a different perspective on the world and, and on, on all these things. And it's just it's ultimately, I feel like my goal in life is to bring our worlds together even more and let there's nothing geekier than fantasy baseball. There's no, nothing. There's I mean, not. nothing. I mean, yeah. I mean, there might. Well, okay. There might be some things that are as. I don't geeky. know. What grandmaster of a D and D game is? Yeah, except oh, yes. for the fact yes. that yes, yes, no, yes. no. Have you listened to fantasy people or sabermetrics people sit there for eight hours arguing the most minute details of these things? And these are same guys. They're wearing jerseys. Is there fantasy baseball D and D sort of things? There should be. Like a role play thing. Like a there, role play. There, there might be. There might, There's some. Versions. I mean, the role playing is when we all wear jerseys every day and we go to the backyard and we take fa- fantasy swings because it's the bottom of the just, ninth in Game an Seven. Idea here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like a card, like a card, like a Magic the Gathering. We're gonna make a podcast tomorrow. Um, yeah. It's like a baseball version of D and D. Yes. Has that not happened? I'm sure I there is. I mean, we we sit around and we we talk about there's 117 years now of major league baseball and 150 years of professional baseball names to talk about i mean 1845 is really when it started Mm -hmm. and 1901 is when major league baseball started but before that there were dozens of independent leagues you know you got mordecai three finger brown or you've got all these great awesome uh uh, names and and, and ball players from back in the 1800s that it, I, I don't know much about D&D, unfortunately, so I can't speak to how similar that is. But 
sitting there talking about I'm making it. I'm making this podcast. I, I facing. Oh, could this guy from this era beat this guy from this era? I mean, I imagine it's more like the what are the two captains' names in your Star Trek stuff? Kirk and Spock. There you go. <laughs> your well, Star Trek stuff. I know. I know. I'm, I'm learning. You mean the captains or the people? The, the, like, the, it was William Shatner and Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah. yeah Picard Kirk, and yeah. Kirk. There we Picard go. Picard and Kirk. That's so there you right. go. So it's it's like oh, who's better, Picard or Kirk? You know, yeah. who's better, Williams or Ruth? You know, right, it's right. just it's still I'm the exact same thing. To go back to what you're saying about GeekyCon, thank you. First of all, that that's really flattering, and that's the kind of thing that I, I mean, I had never met you, and I didn't know you were into sports, or I didn't know didn't know you at all. Right. And I remember you having a great time that weekend, and I, it was really gratifying. But I'm like running around trying to run an event, so I wasn't. <laughs> I was like paying attention, but not paying attention, you know, at the same time. Um, but that's what that's what th- th- this thing that that binds us is just a just when you can't shut up about something, when you can't stop, won't stop, when you just want to talk about it and share it and because you love it so much and so you have to convince people around you that they should love it just as much, just like you're trying to get me into sabermetrics or not sabermetrics, but like, you know, the stats, I guess. Sure, which sure. aren't technically, you know what I mean. Right. Um, or you're trying to get me to get geeky about yes. the stats. Just and get I, a little bit deeper. Just get a little bit little, deeper. like, fandom jealousy that I feel when I hear you guys going toe-to-toe on the stats, and I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. And there's also, let's be honest, when you're a girl, it, it's a little bit intimidating. Um, you know, I grew up a big baseball fan, yeah, but also a girl. And so um, that wasn't our... You know, talking about who had the best record and talking about who, who, uh, you know, stood. I can't. I see. I can't even. I don't even have the language because that's not how we talked about it. My mom. My mom would yeah, talk well, about so how, well, Hojo well, and Gary Carter and loving them and thinking they were awesome. And we had the song. Remember the Mets song? Do you remember? Nobody remembers yes. the Mets song. We got the teamwork to make the dream work. <laughs> let's go. Let's go, Mets. God, we knew all that stuff and the personalities of the team was was a big was a big deal in eighty six. The Miracle Mets. Yeah. Yeah. They guys. were. But the the talk radio stats was not what the women sat around talking about. Mm. That's not not the way the men did. And I'm not saying that there was some big like you can't divide in my family or whatever. But it's not the way we were encouraged to express our fandom. So I'm really interested in the way that's changing and the way it has changed it over the years. Has. Yeah, I have met so many. Yeah, tremendous women. Uh, young women, you know, my age women, older I mean, women that are much older than me. And it is becoming much more uh, acceptable and accepted and encouraged. Yeah. Uh, you know me, like one of my biggest passions in life is getting more women involved in baseball on every level. And it, it warms my heart to see uh, how many women are either just as nerdy or nerdier than I am. And yeah. it's amazing. And, and But the other thing I want to say, though, is it's not a competition. At the end of the day, when I walk into a room, I get it that I'm a super freak and that I spend my summers watching eight, nine hundred hours of baseball. And so I'm I don't recommend that for everybody. Um, but there are still there are still when I walk in a room, there are still plenty of guys that I remember I was reading my I journal every day and I was, I was flying uh, a couple days ago, just kind of going back and reading some of my journals. I looked at an entry of one of the first times I went to the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse here in Manhattan, and that's filled with some of the smartest baseball minds on the planet. And a line that I wrote in there was, I met Chris uh, today. Chris is really intimidating. He knows so much more about baseball than me. I don't know if I want to talk to him more or if I should hide because it's just, it was really, really intimidating how much this guy just destroyed me in knowing everything about baseball. But 
I chose to embrace that yeah. and become friends with him and learn more from him. And there's nothing that annoys me more. Nothing that annoys me more than a baseball fan that quizzes somebody. Oh, that's disgusting. About, it, it, that's and like it happens neg- more with that's like women. Negging. Yes. That's like yes. Yeah. And it happens more with women than yeah. anything else. Absolutely. Where oh, you're a you're a Mets fan? Yeah. Well, who was the ninth guy off the bench in 1924? Oh, yeah. This is the same thing with the geek girl stuff. This happens with geek girls. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, you're a geek. Name name me who name me everybody who's ever played you know Kirk and Spock. Like yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. That absolutely happens. And oh. not even that. What happens also is when you're a girl and you so okay, this didn't actually happen, but. Alfred. The the last time the Mets were in the series when it was really Kansas. Um, yeah, a couple years the, ago. Yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. That was, I mean, to give you an example, I go from zero to sixty. <laughs> By the time of that series, I could tell you anyone's anything because I was obsessed with it all day, and I'd be texting my sister about it all the time, and you know, it would be, it would get like that, but. I know this didn't happen to me because I only really talked to my sister and you guys who don't who don't really act like that, but women would start to engage, and I, you know in those things and somebody would be well but you know that record is like that because of because of xyz and what you don't understand about blah 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 you know like that mansplaining yeah. it's the mansplaining it's the mansplaining baseball mansplaining but let me tell you something melissa <laughs> is is your is your sister's husband also oh yeah was They're he already met already he yes. was already okay yes was that they a litmus test for her <laughs> oh she no. is your sister god bless her i love talking baseball with her she's hardcore oh she's the best she's amazing well, so how did that happen so how well i mean not how did that happen but- i think it was that she met a partner who they they are equals and they talk baseball like any other two people do that's amazing and so she is so knowledgeable now and can tell me you know when i was like all right i'm i'm at zero get me up to speed oh my god they're going to the series you gotta i would talk with her a lot about who's good who's not who's better who's better this year who's not you know sure and we'd also have the conversations about like thor's hair and stuff like that (laughs) because that's fun Um, and that's fun and you shouldn't have to to dismiss that is look that uh, we had Andy the Cohen Mets on. that year were a very high quality hair team. Yes, was that yeah, was Degrom, Degrom, Degrom. Syndergaard. Was Matt yes. there? That, yeah, I think there Matt's, was another one. There was a third one. Stephen Matz or may have been no. may have been his rookie no, he season. Did, he had like a sh- short. No, hair. there were three shoulder length glossy haired <laughs> Mets. I remember Syndergaard, Degrom, and I can't remember the third now. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, Dark Knight. Harvey? No, no, no. no Harvey's Harvey. always looked like an uncle. I'm going to find it. I'll find it. I'll tweet it. After. <laughs> the pudgy uncle. Yeah. That's Matt Harvey. No, but, so, I, I think there's she, nothing she wrong with... She became way more vocal and comfortable being vocal about um, the knowledge she has and has always had about baseball since she started dating and her now husband. That's... And guys yeah. out there who are looking... I always hear guys talk to me, man, I wish I could find a girl that likes baseball. Oh, but, it's such well, BS. For the yeah. record, dude. First of all, you probably have, but you shut her down immediately because she doesn't like it the right way or she doesn't like it the way that you want her to like it. And so she feels mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not going to do that. I have dated so many women who are varying levels of baseball mm-hmm. fans. Some of them are like you mm-hmm. who – it's hard. Look, it's hard to pay attention to 162 games. It's really hard. Especially when you're running an empire the uh, way empire. Melissa is. Attempting uh, to anyway. And, and it's it's – also, I have dated women who couldn't care less about baseball, yeah. and that's fine too. Yeah. I'm I, I like that because sometimes we need to have passions that are different from one another, and we can teach each other the good parts of the things that we like about. What? Good. I'm, I realize I don't know this. Is Ken into baseball? He's, he's, he is now. He's, he's become more <laughs> he is now. so. He's, I mean, he's learning. Yeah, more but so. But does he have yeah. that gene that you think over time? 
it's gonna you guys are gonna be able to talk about it the same way I mean, like he gets he 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 gets excited like when he's actually engaging with a game he can totally get into it but mm -hmm. i think he i don't know if it's a similar thing like he's worried that he would get too into it, it maybe but he just doesn't nearly he doesn't pay attention the way i pay attention but when he's at the game he's into it yeah. and and he gets he and he's like really into Chris Bryant, so he like follows him. You know, like he pays oh. attention to who he's. And the cops, blue you eyes. Know. You know, yeah, he's got blue Bryant. eyes. He looks gorgeous. Oh, you'd know what you saw. In the fan yeah. community, his nickname is Sparkles because he has these blue eyes that Aww. are like really, that sparkle. That's nice. <laughs> um, and, and Ken gets kicked out of that. So <laughs> I love this crossover of like fandom and like fanfic and yeah. sports. It's great. So, but like. He happened to <laughs> be, become a Cubs fan the year they won the World Series. Not only like, that, no, I remember so his ridiculous. first his first year of being a fan. You ruined something. I had a grand plan that Anthony completely ruined, which I will never forgive you for. His first live baseball game was going to be opening day in Detroit, and then like two days before the game, you texted me, "Hey, so uh, I got tickets to it's the Cubs opener, but they're in Los Angeles, so we're yeah. gonna fly to Angel Stadium." Would you mind? And I said, of course I don't mind. But yeah. secretly, I said, you ruined it. I wanted to take him to yeah. Detroit. But so I took him to uh, Copa for that. But that first season, let's see here. He was on the, I took him in the press box at Comerica. Yeah, he was on the field at Wrigley for your singing the anthem. And he the was on the field at Fenway. And the field at Anthem for, for you singing the anthem. Yeah, in Toronto, he met, was it Sandy Alomar or who was no, it? No, he didn't meet Sandy Alomar, but, you know, like one of the sort of bench players and, you know, a couple like with the sports caster, but sure. we were on the field. So, yeah, his yeah. first, but, but his he, had, first he, had been, he had been to baseball games before. Like his best friend is a huge Giants fan. Okay. So he had been to games with her and he was sort of like a tacit Giants fan with her and her family. Mm -hmm. But so what, but it wasn't hard for him to leave them behind and jump on the Cubs <laughs> bandwagon with me. The sweetest thing that I, that, that. Have, have you guys even had, like, I don't know how, if you've been off the air for a while or have you talked about that on this show? Because you experiencing a Cubs win. Oh yeah. No, no we've, we've, we've talked, talked plenty yeah, about that. I have to that. go back and listen. Because, yeah. We've yeah. talked plenty you know, about that. We good. have an entire episode based on, on the, uh, I was so happy for experience. you. Very happy for you. Even if it had been against the Mets, which I don't think that's a possible. It's not possible. That's not possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was the Cubs, Mets, and NLCS. Even in alternate universe baseball, I would have been happy for well, you. Well, the, the, yeah, the Mets, Cubs, and NLCS the year before the Mets swept yeah. the Cubs. So that's we yeah. were on a little text chain. We for were that. talking and, there. That's and, right. And yeah. I was doing That's if right. then with Adina at the time, and we That's were in right. Denver, and like we're watching the game together backstage. And she's a Mets fan, and she turns to me like in the game one where <laughs> they they Mets went up fan? four nothing That's early awesome. or something like that, and she was like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> but I did the same thing with you. I did. I could have been so smug, but I felt bad. I no. just you know, yeah, I know. we're underdogs. We get it. I know. We get it's it. All good. Yeah, but just to, to put a button on Ken real quick, the thing that was the sweetest thing you asking about him, kind of how much he engaged with the sport. I, I think he's more a little bit more like on your side of it, where as far as I'll get into he, it when I get into he, it. Yeah. And when he gets into it, I remember it was so incredibly sweet. The that first year that he was really getting into it, every like week or two, he would. I don't know if I ever told you this. I don't think so. He would text me. Because he would be watching the Tigers game and he would just be like, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. Like if they lost or, like, oh, or he's like, hey, man. like he was watching it for me to like engage with me about all that stuff. Nice. And it was the sweetest thing in the world That's for this really guy sweet. to go out of his way. I know he didn't really care, but he did care in that okay, moment. Yeah, right. Sure. And so it was, I think 
I do think that he does pull himself back a little bit because he would become us if, mm-hmm. and there can be a scariness to so, becoming us. I'm dating a Patriots fan now. Oof. And um, <laughs> oof is right. I've, <laughs> I've said that to him many times. And I got my certification for helping anybody through labor through the last Super Bowl because boy, oh, yeah. boy was that rough. So um, no, it was it was fine. He's good. It's they fine. have enough. But he's been telling me over and over that I should get into fantasy football because he thinks that I would love the geekiness you know mm. of that but here's here's where I found my tie-in with football I know we're talking baseball but I gotta tell you the football story okay. so the Patriots used to have a player named LeGarrett Blunt really good something back I don't know these things <laughs> I don't either <laughs> I, I share your ignorance he has he made a lot of touchdowns I would assume a halfback a running back a fullback I believe he was a running back there we I go. am probably wrong so, I watched football in 10 years myself but the Patriots have these these men that come with them to every game, or maybe they're just at their home games. I'm not sure. I they're think fa- every a game. fan community thing. They are the Minutemen yeah. who stay in the end zone, and every time the Patriots score, they they're dressed in the full Minutemen regalia, and they do their little drum corps and they shoot off their muskets like they they are larpers. They are live action role players, and nobody can tell me any and differently. Of course the they are. And they're on the field. They are how, in how the How do they end get zone. in the field? They're, you know they, they are they, part of the team. Oh. The bleacher creatures do that in Oakland. You know. That. like that in, in oakland uh for the a's on um, the so the raider nation did it for football but right. in the a's so this is this is how i compare it in in football the raider nation back in the day i, I they, i'm sure actually no does oakland have a football team anymore they won't i am, they still do at the moment i know yeah. nothing about the nfl they're going anymore. to vegas there that's yeah. what it is but they had these guys that would dress up in like mad maxian yeah. demolition whatever so so they're part of it the, they're like mascots but like a group unofficial of mascots, right. right so they're in, not and the baseball the side mascot. of it now, to bring it back to, to baseball. Oh, I got this. The Oakland A's. So I interviewed a guy back in 2013 um, who called himself Coco Fingers. He wears a green and yellow mask. Uh, Coco Crisp is a baseball player on the A's. He has a giant yeah, afro. Was, was, the name. Say, and he uh, had a giant yellow afro. Uh, uh, Raleigh Fingers was an old baseball player who had a crazy curly Q mustache. So he wore this curly awesome. Q mustache and this afro, and he never took the mask off. I had to interview him through the mask. His friend wore a giant foam A. His other friend wore an elephant costume. Like it's it oh, is one hundred percent larping. They're the sweetest guys in the it's planet, they're and they are so ex- they're playing drums throughout the entire game. Absolutely. They're playing instruments, and it's that's why I always say this. There is no, absolutely so listen no to my difference. Story. So, so the thing that I that I loved was that every time he made a touchdown, which was actually really often, he would run without stopping straight to the LARPers. And if you, you can look this up, he <laughs> s- and then pose with them for a picture sure. every single time. <laughs> there are dozens of pictures of him going like this, or all, you know, like, like right to them without stopping. I'm like, this guy yeah. is celebrating the LARPers. He's my guy. Yeah. So then, then okay. I said... That's your gateway. Then, yeah. then my guy got traded to the Eagles. So I made a joke with with Will's my boyfriend I was like you know well I'm an Eagles fan now sorry I'm, <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan and so he there are apparently a lot of jokes about Eagles fans so he's yeah. like yeah 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 sure 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 you're an Eagles no I'm, I'm an Eagles fan and then they won the World Series the World against Series the, the yeah. against, and, against and the Patriots against the Patriots which is just is beautiful oh, beautiful I think little world <laughs> I did watch the Super Bowl this year is he wow I'm so bad at football these days he's the guy that basically had a dominant game in the Super Bowl he was, he was huge there was another one who was 
I think bigger in that sure, game. Sure, but he had a great but he game. He had a great game, and he wasn't he wasn't a big player all the whole season. But my guy came back for the Super Bowl. <laughs> and this concludes the amount of information that Manish and Anthony and Melissa know about. Football. I mean, sure. you know, but when you're with a partner that's really into it, it's yeah. easy to like yeah. start picking it up. So I've started to I've started to say some things during the game, and Will's always very careful about not mansplaining me because he'll right. say something that like is a genuine explaining the game to me. He's like, oh, did I am I man, am I mansplaining? No, you're sports. And I need sports playing, yes, so yes, please, please do. Yes. Well, fine. do you think, can you, uh, I think I have an explanation for this, but I'd be curious what your thoughts are. Can you define or explain what the difference, because I'm sure there's a lot of guys out now out there saying, yeah, we would like to be able to explain to our girlfriends or wives yes, or daughters. Yes, I can. I've thought about this a lot. Boom. The difference is if you have, if you stop and thought about it and, and use the information available at your fingertips to judge whether or not it's likely I could put that together myself or have the information and explain anyway, that's mansplaining. But if you, if there's a reasonable, if there's a reasonable um, conclusion to be made that there's no way I could have known, then yeah, tell me. But it, a way to get around this is to be like, is to ask. Like, do, do you know? Do you yeah. want me to explain? And they'll will tell you yes, yes or no. And also, like, mansplaining is like not the end of the world. When you're with a reasonable person, it happens, and you can just say, hey, 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 you, you're being a little condescending right now. <laughs> but there there was one situation, a perfect example. There was one situation we were watching football, and uh, he was he they were going for a two point conversion and will turned around and was like oh so a two point conversion I was like i know what a two point conversion is <laughs> you know yeah, and he's yeah. Like, i'm sorry i was like listen you know i don't know a ton about football but did you have the information available at your fingertips to think it's likely that she knows what a two point conversion is he goes yes i was like that's why it's mansplaining yeah okay so yeah so the other day i was watching a cubs game while ken was working and he sort of would pass by the tv sometimes and he sort of like check in with it and they put up a stat that in the series the Cubs went one for 15 with a runner on third with one out or less which is a terrible statistic (laughs) yeah so when I first explained it to him it was he was it took him a second to go wait what so but it, Say it that, again, because I'm going with yeah. what? I, like, I hear that it's bad, but I don't understand yeah. So it. there's a runner on third, okay. and there's one out or less. So oh, okay. you need a sack fly. You could have a ground out to the right side. Right. What you never want to do in that situation is right. strike out or ground out directly to the pitcher right. or, or pop up fly, pop, yeah. or, or a really shallow fly ball. Right. So there are, there are many outcomes of that at bat that are favorable right. and only a few that are unfavorable. Right. And the Cubs were one for 15 in those situations, Ooh, which was really bad. Yeah. So, but I, so we, so I did sort of highlight, this is something that was said and it did like take a moment and then we talked about it and then he's like, oh yeah, of course that sounds good. Yeah. But it's like one of those things that it's such a specific granular thing. But if you really think about it, you could, I think... I was trying to, I'm thinking like, did I mansplain him? No. You know, so. But I no, think I, I don't think you did. If it's unlikely that somebody who's fairly new, like it, it is it was unlikely that Ken's going to put all that math together so quickly yeah. just because of experience doing it. Yeah. Like just like now, like I know that like, yeah, sack fly pop ground. Like yeah. I know those things. But when you said all those words really fast, I was like, yeah. wait, oh, hold on, go yeah. back. So yeah. And to what you were saying about how mansplaining isn't the end of the world, yeah. I will say to the credit of the gentleman out there who want to or who are mansplaining sometimes it is just an overly exciting thing or yes. excitement thing like, i really want to explain this to you and it's just you get caught up in the moment and yeah. you've got to also understand so like that's that right there baseball is uh, the reason why i love it so much because there are 
a million of the most obscure, inane, specific stats. That one is That's not so inane because it's not it's, that bad. Because that, that one talks to, to me, what I love about that kind of stat, though, is it's all about baseball is a game of situations. It's sure. always whatever the circumstance is, there are certain kinds of outcomes. Yeah. So when it gets to that, it but, points to a general, like you can see, okay, if they're not scoring runs, this is one of the reasons, literally, right. they're not Actually. able to convert this opportunity. Yeah. But did you see yeah. how you had to line up all, so what's a sack fly? What's a sack bunt? What's but all that's these? why. It's so, there, so, there, so it opens up a million other questions, which sure. is yeah. great, and those discussions can happen, but it can also be very overwhelming. You yeah. and I, these are just, these may as well be articles to us they make the and i like these are just so ingrained yes, in you what guys we are, are so conversant in that the, we know what language. it is so as yeah. soon as i've so we we talked about it on an earlier episode this season with uh, jimmy pardo about one of the things that i pride myself in doing is taking people to baseball games who know nothing about baseball and showing them a good time and i say yeah. showing them a good time versus explaining the game to them yeah, yeah. because your first time at a baseball game or your first x amount of time at a baseball game there is zero chance that you're going to fully understand what is happening and any information that I vomit out at you, you're going to forget no. 98% of it by the time you leave. So there's no point in me sitting there trying to give you an education. That's the only no. way that's going to happen is years. It happened with you but and I. It like took us years to learn all of this. So it's baby steps. But also like conversely, the more, the more fun you're having and the more you try to be careful about not um, being condescending at people about it, the more comfortable we're going to get saying like, Hey, what, what just exactly. happened there? Can you explain that yeah. to me? My, and I'm, I'm fine like that now with football with Will. And I'm fine like that asking you guys, like, I don't understand what happened there. Just tell me, you know, the yeah. first thing that the second that we get to our seats, anybody that I go to a baseball game, no matter what their level of knowledge, unless it's like Anthony, obviously, who I'm aware is a, a you know, a cycle baseball fan like myself, I always maintain, because generally speaking, I'm going to be the big, bigger baseball nerd with someone that I'm going with. No matter who it is, I always say there quite literally is no such thing as a dumb question. You can ask me yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I will yeah, not I judge that. you. I will yeah. not. Bl it's, it's, I I'm like it. what you think a good place to start is for people because I, I've i been starting to read a lot more of Bill Simmons' stuff because I feel like he is a mm. writer that it transcends the stats and mm -hmm. that he just had understands a lot about the human and that's a lot of will was like you gotta you have to start reading it. and he's completely right he's mm -hmm. he's wonderful and so i'm curious for people listening who may want to say like hey i want to get closer into this how I do mean, i start the great the great um why can't i think of his name now he's so great though but the old new yorker writer who uh, oh god i oh know who god. you're talking about i can't believe i can't think of his name I can't either. it's so crazy hold on i'm gonna have to think of his name and roger and angel there we go yeah you're reading he's, so much he's incredible back, really? and but and he writes he wrote like from you know i guess the 50s maybe was his first era 60s something like that so it's like the game has changed a lot right but even just to get a sense like he just writes he's a great writer right so he you get inside of yeah. the human beings who are inside the game honestly and, watch and, and writing about even the events of a game to be able to write poetically about uh, even a lazy yeah. fly ball you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's just it to me if it's somebody who for whom that would be appealing that would be a great yeah. way to to go moneyball helped me get interested in the stats ish part a lot, it's, i mean yeah it's definitely like you know like a, it's an aaron it's aaron sorkin but like aaron sorkin light so it's not like <laughs> overwhelming because he didn't write the whole thing right. um so that's that's good so yeah i i think somebody who's who writes the beauty of it that can yeah. get you hooked and then to get into the stats part 
Well, I liked my. And for me, like the Bull Durham is that that's a movie that I've they never seen Bull Durham. So Melissa, I'm gonna tell you this: Bull Durham's my favorite movie of all time because I thought it was a baseball movie, and it wasn't until I went to college and showed it to my college girlfriend when she stopped it halfway through and said, why are you showing me a romantic comedy? Why is your favorite movie a romantic comedy? What is happening? Because it is a romantic comedy disguised as a baseball movie, but the baseball in there is so incredibly authentic that it kind of, it tricks you into learning about baseball. Cool. But you know my answer is always going to be, how do you learn more about the game? Go to live game. You have to go to live game. Sit wherever you want in the ballpark. It doesn't matter. But when you're sitting in the ballpark and you want to go from, I'm watching a game like most of America does, and I want to start to be able to spew stats while I'm walking up the stairs in a WeWork like we just, like you guys just did. Sure. What do you do next? So there's a there's a thing that I did when I was a kid, which I'm not sure if this is, I mean, I guess with phones now you could do it. Um, so I go to a lot of games by myself, obviously, and I've always gone to games by myself. It's kind of an enjoyable thing. There's two different things that you can do going to games by yourself. One you would be shocked at how much the people around you would love to help you out if you're there by yourself and you want to ask them a question you are very honest with them sure and you know and say hey look i'm really trying to learn the game you'll see them light up because people love being able to mm-hmm. share their passions or what i did when i was a kid i had a transistor radio but now if you listen to the game you listen to radio broadcast yeah. also if you're watching at home turn off the tv and put on the radio the radio broadcast they are so much better because well, yeah. they're explaining what's yeah. happening they don't yeah. have the crutch of the visual they have Sometimes. to very detailed yeah. explain what is but happening. But there's also just some stuff that that I hear tele, television announcers say. I'm like, yeah. what, what are you even doing? <laughs> Although I like Ron Darling. I oh, think yeah. he's good. Oh, well, I, the Mets TV broadcast is the, the 86 the Mets turning into broadcasters and coaches and everything else <laughs> has been really gratifying for my family, <laughs> as you can imagine. It's, we, we like it. Um, I will say, we've talked about this a teeny bit on the podcast, I think. One night we went to a game at City Field with um, Ty Simpkins, who's, oh, you know, a kid yeah. and he was still learning the game. So we were, you know, Manish was talking, he was asking lots of questions. He was talking uh, through the game. I promise you not in any sort of sure, sure. loud manner. Just an excitable 13, 14. And, it, and he was, a, he's a, he was sort of a Phillies fan. Yeah. He's sort of all sorts of fans. Yeah. <laughs> he's finding himself, but it was a Phillies Mets game. And so he was talking, you know, and certainly not in loudly. We had obnoxious drunk Mets fans, like oh, starting to yell at Manish and Ty for talking. For and, talking at a baseball game? Uh-huh. That was, yeah. They that, don't speak for all Mets so fans. So I, I will say this was, must have been 14, 15 during the years when the Mets were on the brink. Uh-huh. And so I maintain, because it was towards the end of the year, it was like September-ish, the yeah. tension in that building was something I had never felt before. There was, so yeah, I maybe don't recommend doing this during a playoff race or, you know, at, you know, in October. Yeah, maybe don't do that. But in April, May, June, July, when the season yeah, is still those young, guys, those guys don't get any credit. Those, those, <laughs> they were. It was amazing. They were hundred percent wrong. You oh, can't yell at a kid for at a baseball. No. Like that's the whole spirit, right? That's yeah. the whole American yeah. thing. Like you grow up watching this baseball. You can't, you can't shame somebody for getting yeah. into the game. It's not like that. He was talking about. You some know what? Movie. Actually, he was talking about the game and yeah. what was happening in the game. Yeah. If you go was... back, I think we actually may have had that recorded. If you go back I to our archives, so bad. there's an early Ty Simpkins episode. I can't remember where it is. Sorry, you go back and look for it. But there's an, I think it's, we've started recording. We, yeah, because Ty and I moved to a know? different section. We went to a different section to talk because they got so drunkenly Ooh. mad at, at he and I. Yeah. You know, we're, 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 we're scrappy from Brooklyn. Yes. Mostly. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. just, it happens. We get drunk and rude. It, it, it can happen. It happens at, at, at Anelli family gatherings when there's been baseball on. It's yeah. happened. Um, 
do you know how we met Ty? Do you know how that story? How you did? Yeah. No, please. Ty came to LeakyCon in 20, I believe, 13. As a Harry Potter fan himself, right? As a Harry Potter fan, just dressed up in a Quidditch outfit. And one of the one of the star kids, I think it was Dylan Saunders, was signing an autograph for him and looked up and said, wait a second, you're the Iron, you're the Iron, whatever, Iron Man kid. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm the Iron Man kid. Like, wait, so he wasn't the guest? He, like, like, he wasn't invited guest, He was guest, an I mean? attendee who made no fuss at all about just being an attendee, wanting to come and get some autographs, dressed in his cosplay. I love that kid. That's adorable. And that is the core. That is so great. So for those of you who don't know, Ty Simpkins was the young boy in Iron Man 3. He was in Jurassic World, the, the little brother in Jurassic World, and uh, Insidious, and a whole slew of other uh, movies. His, his older sister, Ryan, yeah. uh, I think she must have been there at that yeah. one as well. She was just in uh, Brigsby Bear in the house. Brigsby Bear, my favorite movie of 2017. She's acting now, Ryan? I don't oh, even know. Melissa. I'm so behind. She's killing it is she? out there. Good for her. She is. And she's in love with every baseball player she sees. And it makes me laugh. Like, a couple years ago was, uh, was it Cody? No, it was uh, uh, Seeger, Corey Seeger. She yeah. wanted me to, she wanted to get married to him. And then she got sick of him. <laughs> He's a shortstop for the Dodgers. Now she wants me to hook her up with, uh, you have seen with him. Bellinger. So she just whoever he's the, the he's new the, he's the first baseman for the Dodgers. Whoever their new rookie ball player is, <laughs> she is madly and definitely in love it. with and wants to to, to marry. You know, it's them. a crazy when people get passionate, crazy things happen. Like you know, who would have thought that this kid, crazy about Harry Potter, yeah, he was a little movie star at that point. He's just yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna go gonna go to yeah. this convention. Well, that's know? I mean, one of the reasons why I. I mean, the reason why I launched this podcast to begin with was to interview these names, these people, your John Hams, Greg Proops, Jimmy Pardo, these people whose names are, are, are bigger than life for, for a lot of folks. And to show them the way they talk about oh, this stuff. Oh, I love stuff that about this show. Is the exact same yeah. way that you and your silly friends, the text change that we are all yeah. on with some of these people. During the season, John and I will just talk immense amount of nonsense to one another about the Cardinals or the Cubs. Pardo is gets so excited and whatnot. Like, uh, it's, it's, we, the, the same text change that you guys are on at home with your friends, every, these quote unquote celebrity, famous, powerful, rich, well, however you want to define them, however you see them in your life, they qu quite literally are the exact same way that you are. And it's because of this fun, silly game. One of the things that's so special about the Clubhouse podcast is that I, and I don't, I don't know many baseball podcasts, but I don't know of any other baseball podcasts that don't, don't take it from a like, let's be radio announcers, but on a podcast, you take it from a, like, like, uh, let's talk about the love of the game and right. how, and, and what it means to people's like life growing up and, and, and how it ties into other, and which I, I love, I love mm, people sharing. Well, it's, it's very special. It's a, it's a special angle on, on, on the thing that's at the core of why baseball is so ingrained in us in America and what we do. Like, you know, it's the, everybody's got those, Memories. I shouldn't say everybody. That's probably a very um, well. No, everybody. So thing to say. Not everybody not. can go to baseball games when they grow up. Like you know. But it's not just about going. Every single human that I meet, obviously, baseball comes up at a certain point because I'm. That's that's. Well, you're always literally always wearing Detroit gear. Yes. Always. I, I don't think I've ever once seen you without some big D on your head <laughs> on your. That sounded dirty. I didn't mean it that way. I embrace it. Embrace the D. I love the D. Uh, uh, there we go. We can. There's a soundbite for you. Uh, but uh, 
every single person I talk to, baseball comes up. Uh, my, my, my entire family are doctors. My dad, my sister, my brother-in-law, they're all doctors. And anytime I'm in a room full of doctors, they all want to come up and talk to me about baseball. They all know that I'm in this world. And what I love about it is, and I, I swear I don't put this out there. I fundamentally don't care if you like baseball or not. It's not something that enhances or dehances, detracts, detracts, detracts. from my life. Um, I get it. There's, uh, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter person in the world, but I'm. You gotta read the books. So. I will. I will, Danica. But I, I love the fact that it exists and it's great. Yeah. And, 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 but I will get further into the stats. You start reading Harry Potter. Deal. We will do it. We will do deal. it. I don't know how to. I, I will. We'll start so teaching you each just, other. Yeah, you we'll, can just start reading the books. I have to like. I don't know what I do. Well, I will figure that out. We'll, we'll, we'll figure, figure out how to. Well, just, you you got to go to games just watch. But you just also start, start like looking. Every, you could look every day. The box scores. The box are a big scores. Thing. Okay. I can teach you how to want, read a box score. Actually, I that's, have that's what's a little exciting. cousin who, since he's six years old, knows every single. Bo- Talk he, to him then. There you might, go. He might have like. He may be an announcer one day. That's, this kid. Yeah. You can ask him any game, any year, and he will tell you. The score. That's your way in right there. Yeah. You, that's so with, it's with really my little Annika, she, you know, she's only, uh, she's about to turn four. Well, by this time this comes out, she'll be four. Um, and so she's starting to develop the things that she likes. She likes dancing. She likes purses. She likes all that stuff. And I'm excited to have to learn about these things through her. Yeah. <clears throat> because she gets so excited about talking to them and she sits me down and talks to me about all these things. So that's your way in. You talk to him and you tell him, hey, will you explain this box score to me? And he will get so excited. Oh God, he about just starts spewing the numbers. It's hilarious. So that's, that's a good way. Mr. Rap. Yes. Have we ever been to a baseball game together? Yes, at least one. Wasn't Which, it a few years ago? At, 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 I'm pretty sure at City Field. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I know you I and I went to a game one. two years remember. ago. I remember. We went to a game. Yeah, we went to a game. Which for was sure. amazing. It was super fun. Yeah, it was at City Field. We was went, it? Yes. Okay. Well, the three of us, well, we can't because Superstar is, is filming all filming summer. Filming and stuff. I know. He's, he's All season, huh? Yeah, pretty much. He's got to go. And pretty much. <laughs> literally all season. <laughs> literally all season. I mean, I'm going to try here, at, like, if I can, you know, grab a day here or there in Toronto at least yeah. and and maybe be able to pop down to New York you know yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. Know, but yeah uh, I believe that this this season the the NL AL East like each each like for the interleague each team is playing teams within their comparable oh cool so I think that there must be um Blue Jays and Mets games. I don't know if they're doing home and home or if they're okay. just doing one city. I've been meaning to come visit you in Toronto. So let's so, figure out when the Mets are playing right. and I'll come. Cool. <laughs> I don't even know who's, I don't even know the team anymore. I gotta, I gotta, man. Well, and that's, it's, it's, look, I get it. It's, it's overwhelming. Yeah, there it's are 162 games. It's hard to be a casual fan of baseball. I just found out you can on the at bat app, you can subscribe to the calendar and it imports it into your phone calendar. So you know when yeah. every game is on. I know it's really amazing. nice. I love it. I, I believe it because I've been walking down the street with you and <laughs> seeing you checking every last score. Yes. And I, yeah, no, it's, well, you, I mean, I can't tell you it's, it's, I mean, obviously this episode is going to come out, uh, when we're deep into the season and whatnot. So we've been experiencing this now for, for months, but it happens every year, every off season. I always go through a little bit of a depression in November ish. Like Mm -hmm. it just happens. The season ends and I crash and I get really just, you know, whatever. Um, but whenever April comes around again and that feeling of just whether I'm, let's just for, for, for days that I'm not at an actual ballpark when I'm just in my apartment 
And I just sit there from 1 p.m. till 2 a.m. or 7 p.m. whenever the games start. And just there's always a game on and I'm always just watching something. Yeah. It just fills me with such joy and such. It's it's from March through October. I am someone who deals with depression. I don't. From March to October, I don't get depressed. It's yeah. impossible. I don't care what's happening in my life. Yeah. I mean, sadness over a game is one thing. Like that doesn't, I don't count that as depression. That's just general emotion. But I, it's impossible for me to not be joyful in yeah. the summer. How do you decide if you're which other games you watch other than the, the Tigers games? So that is largely dependent on pitching matchups. That's a big uh -huh. one. I want to see if there's a pitching matchup that I'm interested in. Yeah. If there is a uh, storyline that's happening where yeah. it'll be like, oh well, this ball player is coming back to this because he doesn't stadium. play fantasy. Baseball. Yeah, so I don't you play. Don't? I know, right? It's weird. Interesting. I don't play fantasy. Because he, he can't root for somebody. He can't really root. He can't find himself able to root for somebody on an opposing team. Against instance, the Tigers. Yeah, against the if Tigers. someone is playing, if, if there's a pitcher okay. that's facing the Tigers, I don't want him doing well. I want him giving up 10 runs. But if I have him on, on my fantasy team, I, I so I did fantasy one year. Uh -huh. uh, Jimmy Pardo bullied me into joining the Never Not Funny League a couple years ago. And uh, I did it. And I, I'll never forget it. It was opening day. It was game one of the season. And Zach Granke, I think it was his first year with the Diamondbacks. And I had Zach Granke on my fantasy team. And he got lit up. Just eight runs in, yeah. I think, the first four innings. Just got lit up. <clears throat> and I remember how much it affected my viewing of the game. Right. Where I was upset over this, obviously, right. for myself. Whereas, let's say, let's disconnect. Let's say he wasn't on my fantasy yeah, team. Yeah. The baseball fan or the, the analyst side of me would have been able to watch them. Like, oh, okay, why is this happening? This is interesting. I enjoy this. I enjoy that. But I couldn't do any of that. I'm, Ooh, yeah. God, I'm an idiot. Why did I draft that Granky? <laughs> and so I get that I'm weird, but I don't need fantasy to be. I second that. But I don't need fantasy to become obsessed with baseball. I may do fantasy as a way of getting into watching that, the stats. That I think that's be oh, that's huge. Like not even draft, like just like pick random and just and then I could all start paying attention. That's more, absolutely huge. You know? Fantasy is is for that's the way to first of all learn about stats and right. learn about the ones that that you know the quote unquote bigger ones because that's the thing. There's. Yeah a trillion stats like there's so many super super esoteric numbers that you can be looking at that do mean something but you don't need to yeah. you know dive that yeah. deep but your batting averages your ops your your whips mm. your your eras your like do, do you know any of these quite I don't yet know whips i know batting averages um ops i used to know ops what is it uh on base percentage plus slugging do you know what slugging is like i know on base percentage so slugging weights the so batting average, a hit's a hit. Yeah, when yeah. there's a single, double, triple home run, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same. But for slugging percentage, your a double is weighted higher than a single, a oh, triple fair. is weighted up. So that shows kind of the power stats versus just the contact stats. Yeah, see, these are the things. This is the, the level. <laughs> I know the stuff they talk about on television, and this right. is the stuff they talk about on the internet. And that's <laughs> that's where we have to, to get to. What, we, what, what you guys talk about, that's a whole other, another level. So well, you know see what, me in five years. What we can do, and I, and I will do this... All right, I'm going to put it on the air now. So for, for the next season, 
maybe we'll start a clubhouse podcast fantasy league. That's a great idea. And and you it's can so hard when I'm doing the Star Trek to do yourself. my fantasy baseball. Just, just, I can't. Just I, I, do I, it I pulled, my, I pulled don't my, pay attention to it. I pulled myself out of my league because the league that I've been in for several years is a keeper league. It's super serious. Yeah, and we're going to do it, a super simple. A, oh, yeah, it would be a yeah, big yeah. disservice to my fellow players to not be able to devote myself to it. So sure. I pulled myself out because last year it was so hard. And we'll do a simple one. We'll do a basic one, a simple one, something that doesn't require that much on your behalf. Something I'm going to do on the subway as opposed to the stupid yeah, games sure. I play so on the So what we can do is we'll do it with some former guests on the show. Maybe we can get a couple fans involved as well and get them I love in it. a fantasy league. And that will help you kind of learn that. I and it. I will sacrifice my sanity. And, and we can just talk to each other. It's a great way, too, to just get acquainted with all these players from all these different mm-hmm. teams and, and and then you get invested yeah, yeah. and then up-and-coming players and, yeah. and then you start to learn like oh i need i need to replace this person there's this young guy over here that no one's that's not getting you know tons of broadcast on espn but is yeah. actually really talented so i can then i can follow you know him yeah. you know it's yeah, it's yeah. a Absolutely. that's one of the like bonuses of it i think cool so we're gonna have to wrap up pretty soon here, unfortunately. Although, you know, I could sit here talking to you about fandoms in general for, oh, for, yeah. for days forever. and years. Yeah. Forever, forever. So I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to kind of run by Melissa before we, we end with our final question? Well, are you are you getting Will is Will like entering the baseball world at all? Will is from Boston originally. So he's he's a Red Sox fan. Had some okay. success over the last yeah. decade so or so. There are some, so he does follow. He does follow. Yeah, he does follow. He's not as in, as into the stats. He follows. Um, he he, d- he doesn't have anything against Mets fans, um, which is good, <laughs> I guess. From '86, it could like, have been worse. He could have been a Yankees fan. Like it, like yeah. if he was a Yankees fan, I don't know. This would be so serious. So <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, no. So he actually is. He's into it, but he doesn't. We did do it together yeah. the way that Stephanie and Elliot do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll just have to take you both to a game this summer. Yeah. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll make that work. So the last question that we always ask everybody is if you could kind of think back over your life and pick out the one kind of quintessential baseball moment, the moment that you can say, this defines me as a baseball fan. This is the reason I'm a baseball fan. This is the reason why I enjoy it. It's if someone were to ask me, hey, Melissa, why do you like baseball? It's the first memory that comes to your mind that says, oh, this is, it doesn't have to be a game or anything like that, but just a moment that says, this is why baseball is the best thing on the planet Earth. So my parents were at game seven after that game six, after that crazy Buckner uh, game six situation and I'll never forget my godmother Donna was over the house with me my sister and my grandmother who was ailing at the time and when they called us screaming and we could hear we could hear the wind in the background the noise of that and we opened the garage door and all four of us did a conga line like the, <laughs> the cutest weirdest little conga line like down the street on the staten island driveway you know like all that celebration in that moment is really encapsulates what what being a baseball fan is like when you're when you've got something great happening that's awesome i have a tear in my eye mm. that is that is absolutely beautiful we got the teamwork to make the dream work <laughs> You guys don't get to see this wonderful dance she's doing along with it. We're gonna bring it home. Let's go. (laughs) 
Well, thank you so very, very, very much for joining us today. This thank is, you for having me. Uh, is there, I said, this is not going to come out for, for a while now. So as far as plugging of things, do you have Twitter? Do you have things? You have- yes, you can um, uh, follow me on Twitter at, at Melissa Anelli. Um, follow all Mischief's exploits at, at Mischief, M-G-M-T, M-I-S-C-H-I-E-F. Because people don't know how to spell mischief, it was moping. Um, MGNT. Uh, I'm. I have my name on all the on all the various social networks. Just Melissa and Ellie. Um, and I really love the show, and I'm really happy to be here. Thank Yay. you, thank you so much. And I will say that that uh, if you're a Harry Potter fan, go to LeakyCon. If yeah. you're a Game Leaky of Thrones fan, LeakyCon. Well, for next year, for, for, for next year, year, year to this year, this year, LeakyCon is sold out. But we will have news soon about what the next LeakyCon. Um, Con of Thrones is coming up in May. I don't know if this That's will be out by then. Probably after that. Uh, probably after. So next year, yeah. Um, and we have um, AlienCon, which is coming in the the end of June in Pasadena, California. Ooh. And lo- <laughs> and then BroadwayCon in January in New York City, which by now will be announced. So check out BroadwayCon.com, and we'll see you there. You awesome. see Mr. Rap there too. Oh yeah. Oh. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rat. Yes, Mr. Manish. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Mr. Manish. Thank you so very much for listening. You're an albino kid. I'm at Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know. <laughs> we'll see you next time here in the clubhouse. We love hearing your baseball stories, so please keep them coming. You can email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes if you'd be so kind. The Clubhouse Podcast is magnificently produced by Zach McNeese. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.